kids-first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Avalon from Iowa. Today we're talking about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Crescent Gang, Shooting Stars, Planning Your Dreams, Haley's On It, Elemental, and Transformers or Spark. And first up, we'll be reviewing Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse with Nathalia and David. How are you both today? I'm doing very good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm good. Thank you. So to kick us off, can one of you give a brief summary of what the film's about? Sure, I'll give you a brief summary. So the storyline follows um, 17-year-old Miles Morales, who, if you are familiar with the 2018 Spider-Man film, was bitten by a radioactive spider and gained spider-like abilities, becoming the one and only Spider-Man after the death of Peter Parker. But in this film, Miles is actually trying to balance school and social life a little more, ends up reconnecting with an old friend, also known as Gwen Stacy, a.k.a. Haley Steinfeld, the voice actor, they go on a little adventure, unknowingly, to Gwen as he follows her secretly, but eventually it leads him to discover this entire across-the-multiverse um, Spider-Man secret society, um, almost close to, like, a mini-community that he wasn't aware of. And basically, they all fight to kind of go around and save each universe. He ends up making a huge, huge mistake following her, um, ultimately questioning his existence and, and everyone coming at him in each and every direction. Um at the end, he kind of tries to make his way back home, but that's the biggest mystery is if he will make it or not. That sounds like a really cool plot line. David, do you have anything you'd like to add? Um, No, that's basically the whole entire movie. All right. Well, do either of you have a favorite character scene? And if so, why? My favorite character, I'd like to say, is Gwen Stacy. Um, because she relates to Miles in, in such a, a beautiful way. Her and Miles both have fathers who are in the in the, the field of police, and both of them have a, a very risky life to live, knowing that their fathers are the ones trying to catch them. Um, not knowing, of course, they're the ones going undercover as Ghost Spider and Spider Man. But not only that, she allows her bond to to save Miles. She works very hard to prove her loyalty to him, and even though she associates herself with the Spider Verse secret society which she is a part of, she eventually um, decides to side with Miles as they go against him, and she proves once again that she'll always be loyal to him. And not only that, in every other universe, uh, Miles and Gwen have fallen in love with each other, and in this film, we don't get to see a lot of that action, but the tension is there, and it just makes me love her so much more. She sounds like a really fun character. How about you, David? Um, my favorite character is Spider-Punk, who is voiced by Daniel Kaluuya. Um, I just... I just start cracking up when I hear his British accent and I really enjoyed his character the most. His was like, he was more independent and he wasn't like everyone else. He had something different about him that no one else had. Like he had this little charm throughout the whole entire film. And when Miles needed help, he was there for him. So a very charismatic character. Yeah. All right, well, either of you can answer this one. Do you believe it's important to see the first movie in order to understand the second one? Yes, definitely. I would and definitely agree with David on that. Um, I believe, you know, the first film um, is kind of like a, an introduction to this film, as if they timed it exactly perfectly. The storyline follows um, as smooth as possible. And also, I mean, you could technically watch the second film, 
Um, however, I mean, if you want to get to know Miles Morales as a person herself, himself, as well as his backstory, which I mean is fascinating. Um, if it, well, you have to watch the film, it gets to know about his uncle who was actually a, a villain. So the fact that he became a superhero is it, pretty crazy to me. So most definitely agree with David on that. I guess I'll have to watch both the movies now. All right. So how do you believe that, I guess, the animation style and the quality of the vocal acting was? It was top tier. And they had, there was different animation styles for some different characters. Some would be sharp, some would be blocky, and some would just, some would just be some random animator's idea of what the character would feel like. Yes, um, I agree with David. I think it was extremely, he put the words perfect, top tier. The voice acting itself was wonderful. Um, Haley Steinfeld, she is such an amazing voice actor, and she fit the character of Gwen Stacy exactly perfectly. Um, not only that, um, the animation was, oh my gosh, like you said, different styles per character. I thought it brought each character to life way more vividly than them all being um, from the same animation background. And um, I mean, it was crazy. They'd be side by side and you could just see how much detail they put into the film. And uh, how would uh, either of you say the characters in the storyline kind of evolved and progressed as the movie goes on? Really, some of the characters are new to us and we don't really get enough time to like get to know them. But for like the characters that we've seen in the first film, they've changed so much since we first seen them. It makes like a new experience seeing the whole entire film again. And it makes you it just makes you think like what could happen if they never involved? Like what would they be if they weren't if you if they weren't how they were in the first film. Um, but with Miles Morales, I feel like he gained more confidence from the beginning of the film to the end. In the beginning, you know, he's uh, he's really struggling balancing school, being a teenager, going through, you know, life. Um, and eventually, I feel like this adventure that he followed, went on, kind of inspired him to finally realize he can do things. You know, he's been doubted his, his entire, I think that was the main purpose of this film was to prove that he can do it because he's been such a, a doubted character. So now he's got some self-confidence? Most definitely. All right, then. So then to end us off, what would you give this film, both of you, for a age recommendation and a star rating? I would give this film a complete five out of five stars above and beyond. Beautiful editing, great plot, wonderful storyline, all of the above checked mark. And for age recommendation, I would do eight to 18 years old, plus adults can enjoy this film as well. I'm going to have to agree, but... It is going to be a 4.5. Um, not all, all of it was really good, but just some scenes, they do kind of fall. And lastly, where can we watch this film? You can see it in your movie theater. All right. Well, thank you for speaking with me, both of you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse, Crescent Gang, Shooting Stars, Planning Your Dreams, Haley's on it. Elemental, and Transformers Earthspark. And right now, we'll be switching over to review Crescent Gang with Dominic. How are you doing today? Good, are you in Avalon? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. So, just to start us off here, can you give a brief synopsis of what this film is about? Yes, I can. Crescent Gang is about a group of kids going through the foster system. The movie starts off with a girl named Liberty, who is being sent to a new family. She soon arrives at the Crescent Road group home and creates a family with the kids there. 
After getting to know the kids, the next day is a cleaning day. While Liberty is cleaning the closet, she finds a mysterious box in a closet. They soon find out that the house is being sold. Fearing they once again might be separated, they start a family discussion. Liberty reveals the mysterious box she found, and they open it. They find a scavenger hunt map in there. With hope this might be the solution to saving the house, they follow the map. They go all over Las Vegas, and each of them use their skill set to solve the riddles and clues. They soon arrive at the doorstep of Miss Reyna, who is a successful family attorney who just got a huge job offer as a lawyer for a famous couple. Miss Reyna was also the previous owner of the house. The kids talk to her about sa saving the house, but she refuses. She soon talks to her dad in the hospital, and she and the father talks her into helping the kids. She drops out of the huge job opportunity and buys the Crescent House and keeps all the kids in it so they can stay a family. That sounds like a really good plot line. Is there any way you can give us an example of one of the clues or riddles they had to solve without giving too much away? In one of the riddles, they find a uh, they find a name on a lamppost. This is from about 25 years ago, and this leads them to a famous landmark in Las Vegas called Red Rock. There, they don't know what else to do, so they go home, but they find another clue at the Crescent House. All right. Do you have a favorite part of this film? Yeah, um, I um, had uh, my favorite scene was uh, involved the scavenger hunt, going all over Las Vegas, uh, going solving all these clues, using each of their skill sets. It was very entertaining. They went to many different landmarks in Las Vegas, including malls, uh, famous landmarks, and all over, even just a playground, a simple playground. It was very entertaining. That sounds like a very exciting uh idea, I guess. And so do you believe that viewers watching this film could connect to at least some of the parts of the film? So me as an actor, um, I found that the voice acting in this wasn't as phenomenal as it should be uh, following the plot line. Some of the, actor, uh, some of the actors didn't have the emotion that they should have uh, following this plot line. But overall, I think it was pretty good. All right. And would you say that the characters and the storyline evolved and progressed as the uh, movie continued. For sure. I feel like it started off being uh, sad, then happy, and then sad, and then excited, and hope. It had many different emotions throughout, and it kept me on the edge of my seat. And do you, uh, following this, do you believe that the movie kind of comes full circle in the end with the beginning? For sure. I feel like in the beginning, it started off as a normal like, girl going through the foster system, into this huge treasure hunt to find something that will bring them hope into saving their family. And uh, going back to something you said earlier, can, is there any way you can give us like an example of some landmarks that they visited? They visited a mall, which um, was famous for all the outside area and escalators in it. Um, the escalators were outside, and one of the clues led them right there. And they soon, and I can't reveal too much about it, but they found a clue there and soon head to a, um, to Red Rock, which is a big landmark outside of the actual city. And it's a big tourist attraction because all the different, uh, the different landscapes there. I've never actually heard of Red Rock. Can you explain a bit more what it is? I haven't heard of Red Rock until I've seen this movie, but 
it's supposedly um a does it's like a desert area but this red rock is a giant boulder that sits in the middle on top of a little hill and it's supposed to be a big tourist attraction because of its different uh, color variations and it's just a great picture spot that a lot of people like to take pictures on that sounds really cool it is and uh, throughout throughout this film do you have a favorite character i do have a favorite character the, the character is named Daisy, which is one of the kids, played by Natalia Hudson. The reason I like her so much is because I feel like she has the most personality throughout. She is a very big technology guru, and every time they visit a famous landmark or just something little just to find clues, she starts a live stream off of Instagram, and there's all these people coming in just to say hi and all this, and it's just a different perspective, pretty much. Sounds like a really fun and cool character. It is. And so how would you say that this group of kids kind of connected as the movie went on? At first, when they got when they first there, they started to try to get to know each other. But they had they had different um, personalities and all this. At first, it was kind of hard, but they started coming together at being best friends. And at the end, they were pretty much acting as if you were a family at home having dinner. That sounds like a really good connection between all of them. It really is. And so to end us off here... Can you give us an age recommendation star rating, and where can we watch this film? I give Crescent Gang 4 to 5 stars and recommend it for ages 8 to 12, plus adults. Crescent Gang releases June 13th, 2023 on Video On Demand. All right, well, thank you for talking with me today. Yep, for having me here, Avalon. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll be reviewing Shooting Stars with David. I'm Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Gets First Attractions. Stay tuned. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Crescent Gang, Shooting Stars, Planning Your Dreams, Haley's On It, 
Elemental, and Transformers Earthspark. And next up, we'll be reviewing Shooting Stars with David. How are you today? I am doing really fine. Thank you. All right. And just to start us off, can you give us a summary of what this film's about? So Shooting Stars is a story about LeBron James, and it's based on a book that he made. And the movie starts off in 1994 with LeBron James and his friends, um, you know, as they play together, do what normal kids do. But when it comes up to throughout the film, they age up and they go up to their senior year in high school as they're trying to become number one in the country of Ohio. That sounds like a cool story. So is it like true based on LeBron James's life? It is. And so then seeing as it's a true story, how does uh, sports, I guess, kind of connect his life story throughout the movie? So LeBron James is a basketball player and his friends are like also talented in basketball. But LeBron James is kind of the person who got all the fame and we never really got to know how how he really got there, but it was because of his friends. And so did you already know, I guess, the story of LeBron James? And if so, did that help you understand the film or could you understand it anyways? Um, No, I never knew this was the full story about LeBron James. So when I went to go see the film, it was just a new experience and I got sucked by most of what happened in this film. And what is an example of something that surprised you in the film? Um, keeping the spoiler free, something that did surprise me was I did not know that there's the Fab Four being LeBron James' whole like group of friends. I thought it was just going to be him and some people that he met at school, but these guys have a real connection. And so what would you say is your uh, favorite part of this story? Probably my favorite part was obviously the basketball scenes. Those are probably the only reason why people would go see this. It's about LeBron and basketball. But also when it comes down to the friendships parts, because just seeing LeBron and his friends just interact and have fun with each other, it's just it just puts a smile on everybody's faces. So then is it the is it like the actors doing the basketball or is it like actual clips of when he played basketball? It is the actors doing the basketball. All right. And do you have, I guess, a favorite of like the character not the characters, but like of like LeBron James's friends. Was there anyone that like stuck out to you? Yes, it was Lil Drew, who's who Caleb McLaughlin plays. He was like the shortest out of the whole group, but that really didn't matter because he played like a beast on the court. Nothing was getting in his way. He showed what he shows the meaning of size really doesn't matter. Um, in his performance and in his basketball scenes. And he works and he worked really hard to get to this part into his life. So in general, do our basketball players often tall? And you're saying that this guy, he's not tall, but he's still really good. I mean, mostly they're at least over six feet tall, most basketball players. But he's not over six feet. He's like five foot something. And he just really shows us what it's like to be small, but also to be good. All right. And do you believe that someone who, I guess, isn't as interested in sports would still enjoy or benefit from watching this movie? Um, yes, they would, especially in the friendship parts, because you might not be into sports. Maybe this movie would get you into sports, but also if you have like a lot of friends that you 
may be having problems with or you guys are just really cool like that, you and your friends would just definitely want to see this movie and you would really benefit and enjoy this, give you a new perspective on not only sports, but also on friendship. All right, then. And to uh, end us off here, what would you give this film for an age recommendation and star rating? And where can we watch it? Um, you can watch Shooting Stars on Peacock. Um, I rated 4.3 out of 5 stars and recommended for ages 12 to 18. All right. Well, thank you, David, for talking with me. Thank you. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And today, we're talking about Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse, Crescent Gang, Shooting Stars, Haley's On It, Elemental, and Transformers or Spark. And next up, we'll be listening to Ashlyn's interview with Gary Anthony Williams about Haley's On It. Thank you, Gary, for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ashley. Look, I've, I've promised myself that this is going to be the best interview I've ever had, okay? Today is it, Ashley. I can retire after today. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. So I really love this series. I love this series. Can you tell us a little bit about your character, Beta, and how he fits into the overall show? Yeah. So uh, first of all, let me start a little bit with, with Haley's on it, the whole show. So Haley is this uh, teenage girl who long, long ago, maybe when she was even in the first grade or before, started writing down this list of all the things she wanted to do. And she finds out in the future that if she completes this list, then she saves the entire world. And now to help her from the future has come a little character that I play, Beta. He was basically a smartphone, but he's actually the most advanced AI technology in history. So he's the one who kind of keeps a tally of her list and tells her the next best thing that she can do to complete on this list, to check off of her list so that the world will be saved in the future. And that's awesome. And I don't want to get on that list. If you could create the ultimate bucket list, wow. what are three adventurous or daring tasks you would include? Just like her, like a lot of the things on Haley's list, she's kind of afraid of. But mm -hmm. I have always wanted to go skydiving. Uh, I had an opportunity a few years ago and I didn't get a chance to do it. So I would love to go back and do that. So skydiving is definitely one. I would love to go to space, even if it's just one of those little rockets that take you just up above the Earth so you get all weightless up there and then you come back down. Mm -hmm. And I got to think of my third one. I don't know the other things I'd like to do. Hmm, what's the third, third thing on my list? I know this is almost impossible, but we're talking about a fantasy list, right? Mm -hmm. I kind of would love to see every country in the world. I've only gotten a chance to go to a few. I went to Iceland. I, I went to South Africa. I've been to Canada a few times. So there it is. Jump out of something up in the sky, get blasted up into the sky. And then I guess I got to use the sky to go traveling all over, around the world. <laughs> so it sounds like fun. And as a prominent Black voice actor, how do you see representation in animated series evolving? And what impact do you hope Haley's On It will have on younger viewers? Well, I never thought of myself as a prominent Black voice actor. But now since you said that, I'm going to start calling myself a prominent 
black vactor, which is a black voice actor. I'm a prominent black vactor. <laughs> First of all, representation. It, it's changed since I really started doing voiceover. Uh, you know, it's not. It's not equal to our to my um, uh, Caucasian and or white friends and counterparts, but definitely there are a lot more opportunities right now. Um, and in in roles where normally they wouldn't have even thought of uh, a black voice actor, or as we you and I now say from today, a black a black actor, uh, roles ways that roles that they normally wouldn't have even considered before. Like I don't know if Beta would have ever been. Uh, that role would ever been considered for a black voice actor in the past. Like I have started noticing how it's opening up. That is awesome. Yeah. And can you share a memorable moment or even a challenge you encountered while working on the show, either off or on mic? Well, I will say this, uh, one, a couple of challenges. One is uh, I started recording the show during COVID. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so which is pretty amazing. And I'm going to try to flip this camera around so you can see. So instead of going to the studio, I do almost all my recording at home. I have a camera set up. My son, the computer dude, set a camera up in there. So <laughs> let me see if I can flip to work, my regular work area for you. Yeah, there's this inside my booth right there with a oh, nice wow. microphone and a big screen. Uh, so that was a challenge, just getting all of that stuff going up and normal uh, during COVID to, so to be able to do our cartoons from home. Um, really? Yeah. It's so all my cartoons that I record uh, for, I do a couple for Disney and both of those are recorded straight from my home booth now. So that was a challenge that turned into a very good thing because yeah. now I can have a more relaxed day at home and be more relaxed when I go in to do my job instead of driving around crazy crazy in traffic with my AI car. Uh, <laughs> and then I can jump from one job to another. I can get more done in a more relaxed way. So yeah. something good did come out of that weird time that the whole world lived through. <laughs> that was one of it. <laughs> that was a big, big challenge with this. And the second was as the writers and creators are creating the show, they have to kind of play with how the character is going to be like is he too cuddly maybe or is he too grumpy sometimes because he is a very grumpy ai the only person only human he really really likes is Haley. so just trying to dial in with that character and see exactly <laughs> how grumpy how nice how silly how fun how smart we want to make him so that was a little challenge which is that's the fun kind of challenge when i get to go play and make that make that character come to life and that's awesome. And, and this cast, like you were mentioning, is star-studded. I mean, um, our main character, Haley, uh, played Moana, a Disney yes. princess. So yeah. have you had, like, even though you guys started filming during COVID, do you get a chance to meet her as well as um, uh, Manny, the person who plays Scott? We have never, ever been in the same room together, ever. Wow. Not yet. That, that time will come, I'm sure. But we've never, ever, ever been in the same room together. So yeah, that's, that's that part is definitely interesting. But no, I would love to. I'd love to meet Ali and and Manny. That would be fantastic. Obviously. Thank you for that. And then, and then finally, I want to ask, what message or takeaway do you hope viewers will get from Haley's on it, and why should they be excited to watch this series as it premieres in June? The the biggest takeaway. Uh, well, first of all, they should be excited because. 
It truly is straight up, strip away everything else. It's just fun. It's high energy fun. The songs in there are so good and funny. And it, it's like I said, it doesn't try to play two little kitties. It's just itself. And it's super fun. Uh, and the takeaway, I think, is the big lesson of the show, which is what Haley is doing, which is facing some of her fears, the things that she's not as comfortable with in life and being able to go out and look those things down and face them and, and overcome them. So I think that's the big message. But overall, it is absolute fun to watch. I've watched three episodes now. That's how many they've sent me to watch. And each one of them is just, I, it makes me a little sad when it's over because it's like, that was really, really fun. <laughs> it's great to watch Haley and Scott, you know, this guy that she kind of likes, who's just a total goofball, but a sweetheart of a dude. And there she is like adventurous and funny and smart. You know, it's great to watch those two dynamics together. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. We did it. We did it. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Crescent Gang, Shooting Stars, Haley's On It, Elemental, and Transformers vs. Spark. And next up, we'll be listening to Catherine's interview with Mendy, Wendy McLendon-Covey on Elemental. Hi, I'm Catherine with Kids First. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Of course. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. All right, so Disney and Pixar have kept this movie under lock and key, and I've only seen a sneak peek of it. Have you seen the finished film yet? I have. I haven't seen it in 3D, but Ooh. I have seen the finished film. Yeah. So what did you think? I was so thrilled. It, it made me so proud that I even got to be a part of it. I was, I laughed, I cried. 
I got tense at certain situations, but um, I was just so happy to see the finished product and the gorgeous animation in this beautiful world they made of Element City. Mm -hmm. and. Oh, I hope people love it as much as I loved it. Yeah, it's truly, <laughs> I saw like a little sneak peek of it. It's truly such an amazing city. Like, yeah. it's so impressive what they can do now. Because I remember when I was younger, like growing up, we didn't have all of like the fancy, like this detail of right. like CGI. Obviously, we had some, but not like this cool. And it's right. so cool to see how far it's come. Oh, yeah, this is next level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can only imagine what happens in 10 years. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So uh, your character, Gail, is like a stormy, airball-loving boss lady cloud. So is there anything that you can tell us about Gail? So Gail is all of those things you said and more because mm -hmm. she is kind of a city official. Yeah. So she holds a lot of power in Element City. And um, when your store or whatever has violations that need to be fixed, she's who you talk to. If you need a ticket torn up, she's who you talk to, you know, so you want to get on her good side. Yeah. Ultimately, you know, she is a good person, but, you know, she's got a city to run, and cities need revenue, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But she's ultimately, she ultimately gets it, and she wants to see uh, the two lovers, Ember and Wade, she does want to help them mm -hmm. be together. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you're very well known for your comedy and improvisation work. You're hilarious, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> of course. So did you do uh, any improvisation while you're working on the film, and did any make it into the film? I don't, I don't remember doing a lot of improv because it was pretty closely scripted. And yeah. with something like this that, you know, the animation just has to match. You don't want to do something too crazy and then throw the animators off or, you know. Yeah. So I I think I stuck pretty much pretty close to the script, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this movie is inspired by the director's own life. So mm -hmm. can you share how his story impacted you while making the film? Yeah. When I, first of all, when I got the call to do a Pixar movie, of course, <laughs> I was so happy. I didn't even care what it was. Yeah. So I didn't realize what the where the story came from until I actually met Peter Sohn on set. And when he told me about it, it really pulled at my heartstrings because, you know, his parents came from Korea. They set up a life in the Bronx. And, you know, everything they did was to make a better life for their kids. And... I think it was assumed that maybe he would take over his parents' shop, but he had bigger dreams. Yeah, I mean, uh, here obviously. He is so, for Pixar. Yeah, and and that's what happens in the film. And you know, I love that. You know, your parents always will sacrifice for you, and mm -hmm. they all they want is for you to have a better life. But what they really want is for you to be happy. So in the end, like you have to do, you have to follow your path. Yes, it might be expected that you go into the family business or mm -hmm. whatever it is, but your parents really want you to do what you were born to do. Yeah. And I think that comes out loud and clear in this movie. And, um, you know, it, the, the final scene is what really got me. Mm. And it's a beautiful father-daughter moment. I think, you know, because you have to cry 
in yeah, a Pixar film. Of course. That's that's one of my biggest sobbing points. <laughs> was the very end. And yeah. oh, I just I I hope people love this as yeah. much as we all loved making it. You know. Yeah, no, it's a very beautiful movie from yeah. what I've seen so far. I mean, what would a Pixar movie be without a right? little bit of a sob? Like, yeah, come on. That's yeah. why you go to the movies. Exactly. You want to have all the feels. Yes, so. you do. So what do you hope the audiences will take away from watching Elemental? I hope they take away the spirit of all these characters where you can live together in harmony. There is a reason why there are so many elements they are yeah. they have a symbiotic relationship you know they all need each other yes mm -hmm. it seems as though they are opposites and they are yeah but you need that you need that contrast yeah. in your life and in your relationships and it still can work your opposites can fit together like a puzzle piece and make you um give you a superpower. Yeah. Almost. No, it needs balance. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Thank you so much for taking the time Thank to talk you. with me today. It was great to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> and now let's listen to Gavin's interview with the crew of Transformers or Spark. What do you have in common or not in common with your character, Robbie? Oh, okay. That's a good question. Um, So... I think Robbie and I are both very uh, passionate and persistent. You know what I mean? Robbie doesn't exactly know all that's going on. He kind of just fell down into a glowy cave. And now he's siblings with the Earth-born Terran. It's pretty crazy. So, But I think what's different is Robbie's probably a little bit more <laughs> moody than me, at least at this point in life. You know, Robbie's much more of a teenager. So he's still trying to figure it out. Um, and I totally understand. But I think that's what we have a little bit that's different. As one of the writers in on in the show, what is the key element to ensure its success? Uh, a key element to every script that comes out of the writer's room for Transformers Earthspark is making sure that we're telling it from the kid's point of view and that it has heart, humor, uh, and family, and uh, uh, some of our uh, series themes that are acceptance. Uh, for example, um, and the idea that what you are doesn't define who you are. So all of our stories are told in different ways, but all of them uh, include are inclusive of those core ideals. Mr. Ward, as the other writer on the show, what do you think made the cast made the cast resonate to the script the most? Uh, but I think what resonates really well with the characters is just the. Um, they all play off each other and they all have very uh, different facets of personality that complement each other very, very well. Uh, they're all trying to find their own way in their own space uh, and their own way forward of who they are. They're all trying to find their own identity. Uh, and it's been really fun um, watching these Terran bots try to find out what it means to be both from, from Earth and from Cybertron and watching the Molto family be so accepting and embracing for their wonderful new expanded family. Miss Michaela, what was it like playing the opposite gender in the show? I will say it was definitely interesting. I had to use a lot of what I learned from like my dad because he's from Philly as well as like my younger cousins who are also boys and like looking and studying their characteristics. So it was really fun playing someone that's definitely not like me in a lot of ways and finding those uh, commonalities. What was the biggest challenge in writing this script for the show? 
The biggest challenge in writing scripts for Transformers Earthspark was, I, I would say, in the pilot experience, that first two-parter, 101-102, figuring out what is Robbie and Moe's headspace and how do we get them to a place where they're going to meet their new brother and sister in Twitching Thrash? And what, what would feel grounded? What would feel real? What would feel relatable to audience members at home um, who might be going through something similar if... If you're a kid who's changed schools or moved across, moved to a new state or a new country or even just across town, um, which was something I borrowed from my own life, having moved across town from my best friend and uh, wasn't able to see them as, as often as, as I used to, um, and coping with that change and leaning on my family uh, to help me through that. And the Transformer franchise is so beloved. How does this show relate to the rest of the shows in the franchise? Uh, so, well, when Dale and I started to develop Transformers Earthspark, we wanted to uh, bring a unique spin to this long-established franchise. What would happen to the Autobots and Decepticons if the war was over? The war has been such a, a, a big part of the story so far that we absolutely love taking these iconic characters and placing them uh, in situations that are very unexpected and reveal new sides of their personality. Sydney, what was your favorite part about being in this show? Oh man, it's so tough to just choose one. But I guess I would say my favorite part is working with an incredible cast and crew. You know, we shot the bulk of, actually I think all of these episodes uh, while we were in COVID. So it gave me so much to look forward to just being in my closet, you know, doing those recording sessions. It was so fun, honestly, just to be able to interact with people on Zoom and to have fun. Dale, what do you hope audiences will take away from watching the show? Gavin, I hope audience members who watch Transformers Earthspark take away the themes that are core to every episode within the series. And the, some of those are, for example, family, and acceptance and the idea that what you are doesn't define who you are. We have a lot of episodes throughout the show that highlight the differences amongst our characters that um, make them unique. And, and the optimism that we put into our storytelling is, is very important to us to show that you can celebrate those differences and, and uplift one another and come together uh, uh, very happily in, in, instead of uh, uh, being torn apart like some of the super villains would see uh, happen to that family. Sydney, the last question is for you. What was something you learned while working on this show? Oh man, there's so much that I learned, but I think the biggest thing is that, you know, family isn't just about who's related to you, but about, you know, who you love and who you enjoy spending time with. And I will also say that all the Transformers cast and crew has also become quite a family in such a way, you know, I got to travel to amazing places with this, you know, with Dale and Aunt uh, to like New York and London and get to spend so much time with them and they've met my mom as well. So I think we've also created our own kind of cast and crew bond um, throughout the show, just like the characters do. So, you know, art imitating life, it's really, really beautiful. Thank you, Sydney Michaela, Dale Molinowski and Aunt Ward for speaking with me today. The new season of Transformer Earthspark is available now on Paramount Plus. Be sure to check it out. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org.
Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. I'm Avalon from Iowa, reporting for Kids First. Goodbye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.